Blog Talk Radio.
Good afternoon, everyone. That was brother, the late James Brown. And at the end, he said he feels good. Well, I feel good today because I have another day of life, another opportunity to learn and also to steer. I hope you're feeling good as well. Welcome to Our Own Voices Live. The topic of our show today is moving the goalposts. Moving the goalposts. It's a football metaphor, but it goes, well, quite nicely with what we see happening in society today. But before we get into our show, I am your host, Rodney Smith. My co-host, Mrs. Angela Thomas, uh, is still out, but hopefully she will be back soon. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about our own voices before we go on so you know what it is that we do and why we do it. Well, first and foremost, Our Own Voices is a blog talk radio show coming to you live. We try to get it to you on Saturday at 1230, sometimes a little later like today. And Our Own Voices Live is the radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on this earth. Due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it, our mission is to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. And first and foremost, in the words of the late, great Sam Smith and in our former president, Barack Obama, we must talk with one another, not to, not not at, but with one another. Sam Smith used to say that the reason why so many people are not able to, because we fear one another, and the reason why we fear one another is because we do not understand or know one another. And he says the way you do that is to sit down and have conversations with people, usually over food. So because of that, another Our Own Voices initiative was to start the gathering and Sam Smith started it and it was something very simple it was where people could go and meet at a predetermined date location and time and simply have some food and introduce themselves to one another it didn't make any difference what race what nationality what religion what political affiliation what set you were with Ultimately, it was just a concept to get people to gather together, hence the name The Gathering. And we do that every Friday at 12 o'clock, the Westside Bistro located at 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard. Once again, that's the Westside Bistro at 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard. And then on occasion, we do what we call a gathering after dark, and that's for those people who are not able to meet during the day. They're busy working at 9 to 5. And that's on some Tuesdays, and go to Our Own Voices to look for the schedule for that. We just had one this past Tuesday. And we had 11 people to show up, and 8 to 11 people is a good number because that way you can be engaged with one another, and that's what it's all about, to be engaged with one another. Uh, We also do the uh, annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. candlelight vigil at the Dr. King statue, one, to promote the statue, but also to keep the memory 
of Dr. King alive and to educate our younger people who we seem to see it fading in. Uh, we do a, a monthly uh, cleanup at the statue because it is ours and we want to keep it looking presentable. So the third, third, third Saturday of each month, we go out to the statue at 10 a.m. to clean it. And it's located right there on the corner of Martin Luther King Boulevard and Cary Avenue in North Las Vegas, actually. It's right where North Las Vegas and Las Vegas intersects, which I thought was quite fitting for Dr. King, who brings and brought people together. So there's so many opportunities for us to do things together. And there's other things that we do. We also publish, when we can, a print and digital magazine called Our Own Voices, where we try to educate African Americans on African American history and culture, but as well as educate other people on African-American history and culture and to educate on the history and culture of the various folks that make up the United States of America. Because what good is it to have the United States if we have divided people? Ultimately, those states will divide and the country will not exist any longer. So that gives you some background on Our Own Voices Live and the whole Speak Up Network, which is composed of Our Own Voices Live, which comes to you uh, Saturdays, as I said, at about 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. We also have Brother Lee Vaughn back east in Beemore that produces his show at 11 o'clock local to the East Coast time. And we try to partner with terrestrial folks, too, like Brother Franklin G., who has Like It Is Radio at 10 o'clock a.m. on Fridays right here in Las Vegas. The topic of our show today, though, is moving the goalposts. And the reason why I thought of that, one, because we're dealing with uh, football in the protest by uh, started really by, or at least popularized, quarterback uh, named Colin Kaepernick. And initially he uh, set out the playing of the national anthem. And what was interesting is another football player who was, I believe, a veteran had mentioned to him that it would be disrespectful to sit down when the flag is playing. But it's in order to have a peaceful protest that would be still show respect would be to take a knee because to take a knee is to genuflect. And the definition of genuflect is a prayer or to bow down or to show respect for something higher. So he, hey, that's a great idea. So he started taking one knee, and it was a silent protest. The reason why it was a silent protest and what the protest initially was about was about the killing of armed, non-threatening African Americans. Most just happened to be men. That's what the protest was about. There were mass protests in the street, but People said they didn't like the mass protests. They were too loud. They were inconvenient. They blocked traffic. Even though constitutionally the First Amendment gives the right to petition the government against grievances. And the grievance here is the killing of unarmed, non-threatening African-Americans. After all, they are American citizens. And the police is an arm of law enforcement 
of the government. Now, when people say government, oftentimes they think of the federal government. But let's keep in mind that we also have state government. You know, we have federal. We have state. And then within the state, there's local government like municipalities. We have, we have counties. We have cities. And oftentimes it's the cities that the police work for. So the police departments are an arm of government. Tushin says that you can protest. You can petition for grievances. I know many people will split hairs and say that the First Amendment is only for grievances against the government. Well, oftentimes states, municipalities, will mimic what's in the Constitution so that there's consistency. And, yes, there are exceptions. For example, you cannot go and yell fire in a theater and there's no fire. So there are exceptions to everything, but there is still the rule. And it is the rule in which we operate on because the exception is just that. Sometimes, occasionally, out of the ordinary. So I wanted to make sure that we clear that up. Uh, We had a caller last week who dealt with the exceptions, and I wanted to deal with the rule because the exceptions come after the rule. And all too often, another form of moving the goalposts is to focus on the exception and not the rule. Country became a country. As a matter of fact, this country, according to what we were taught in history, what I was taught in history, started with something called the Boston Tea Party, which was a protest supposedly against taxation without representation. So in other words, if you're going to tax us, we want to make sure that we have a voice in the say-so of if there will be a tax and what that tax will be to ensure that it comes from someone like us that has our interests at stake. So protest has been a hallmark of this country. As a matter of fact, so much so that in the Bill of Rights of our Constitution, that is the First Amendment, is the freedom of speech, the freedom to peacefully Assemble. Freedom of the press should not impede the freedom of the press. And the president of the United States is in government because he is the leader of the federal government. He is the chief executive. So when the president oppresses, condemns the press, he is actually violating the First Amendment. The president, the government, the chief executive of the executive branch is not allowed under the First Amendment to hinder freedom of the press. Nor can Congress. It's specified. It's then codified by the United States Supreme Court, another branch of our government. 
again, I wanted to focus on the rule versus the exception to make sure that it's spelled out clearly. So many times, because of lack of knowledge or conflation or just conditioning from what we hear in media, television, friends, we sometimes may get things a little out of whack or the focus may not be where it should be, as in moving the goalposts. And the, so the protests were being done in the streets, mass protests. And then there was a number of people in society that said they didn't like the mass protests. So they, even though the Constitution gives us the right as a people, citizens, so the goalpost was moved to, well, instead of doing a mass protest, there's one person who decides to sit down during the playing of the national anthem and has the right to sit down during the play of the national anthem because contrary to false information that has been perpetuated, the NFL rules do not restrict on how a person observes the playing of the national anthem or the flag. As a matter of fact, it suggests that the players stand. It requires them to be on the field, but it suggests that they stand, but it does not require that they stand. But the goalpost somewhat was moved, but it was friendly advice. So the protester, in this case Colin Kaepernick, decided to take that advice of this veteran and show respect but still protest by kneeling, by genuflecting, something that, well, you would think would be okay since oftentimes depending on which side of the aisle is on, people say more people need to take a knee. And here's the definition of genuflect. It says lowering one's body briefly by bending one knee to the ground, not two. You see, that's moving the goalposts because now people say, well, you know, they should t- he should take two knees. Well, no, genuflecting is, Specifically, lowering one's body briefly by bending one knee to the ground, typically in worship, and that's how it was portrayed. You know, we need more people to worship, right? But, or as a sign of respect, it shows deference or servitude. That's the definition of taking a knee. The very action of taking a knee or to genuflect, the goalpost was moved. And even though the definition of taking a knee is a sign of respect, they were told, no, you're not being respectful. But the definition of taking a knee is being respectful. As a matter of fact, it's taking one knee. People said, no, instead of taking one knee, you need to take two knees. No, the definition of genuflecting, of showing respect, even of worship, is to take a knee. Now, that doesn't mean you cannot take two knees, but the definition of 
taking a knee is a sign of respect or to genuflect. Let's, that's the definition. Was moved, or they're trying to move it. We're saying no, and I'm saying no. It, the strangest thing is I stand for the flag. I stand for the national anthem. I stand because of what it is supposed to represent. It's not what it represents because it is aspirational. It is aspirational in that it is what we should strive for. And some people say, well, it's disrespect to the national and the national anthem is for all Americans. Well, the original anthem obviously was not for all Americans because it specifically talked about a group of Americans, slaves, that it was not for. As a matter of fact, it was specifically against slaves. That's the national anthem. I'm a descendant of slaves. So when I heard the national anthem, I always thought of, but this was about white people getting their freedom and continuing the bondage of black people. As a matter of fact, during that Revolutionary War that black people in America did fight in, on the side of the rebels, the Americans, who were still being enslaved by those same Americans who were fighting for freedom because they were being taxed without representation. But here in those colonies, in those colonies, black people were still enslaved by many of those same people who even helped write the Declaration of Independence. You see, there's something, uh, there's something that doesn't, that's disjointed, just doesn't fit in that. So there was a woman who made a post. I believe her name was Crystal, Crystal Tucker. She made a video because she had commented about someone on her timeline told her she didn't like it to leave the country. And she made a post about how she had got her bag to pack. But then in the process, she thought, this is her country. Her people built this country. My people, African-American, I'm a descendant of a slave. I can tell you who my slave ancestor was. It's documented in white records, not just in my family's dictionary, uh, Bible. Because they were slaves, so once the slave owner died, my family, as property, was documented in the will so that the son could inherit the property, my ancestors. So Crystal, she gave her rendition of what she heard when she heard the national anthem. And I thought, this is very much what I hear. I understand the aspiration, but until that aspiration is obtained, this is what I hear. And let me read it to you. It goes, oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light 
how many of my ancestors were stolen and murdered in the night? Through the rocket's red glare, we still don't get treated fair. So, oh, say, don't, does that star-spangled banner yet wave? In this place where we are still second-class citizens and not treated too much better than a slave. That's what we hear often, not all, but many of us, including myself. That is what I hear. I was born during the Jim Crow South. Jim Crow was all through this country. California had more Jim Crow laws on the books, I believe, than any other state. So you can see how far west it went. Let's remember, Oregon was created as a white-only state. A white-only state. People were paid money. They were given land to go and settle this place only for whites in America that has the same star-spangled banner. So you see the star-spangled banner is not what we are standing for. It is the principle that the star-spangled banner our nas- and our national anthem is supposed to represent. And we should constantly strive to bring about that more perfect union. That's what it talks about. And you hear politicians say, yes, we need to work harder to bring about that more perfect union. Well, we observe the national anthem to remind us of what's at stake and what we should be as a nation. But we are not that yet, and we never have been, but we should still aspire for it. So when Colin Kaepernick takes a knee, when he genuflects, by the very definition of the word genuflect, he is still showing respect for the aspirations of what the flag and the national anthem is supposed to represent, which is upholding the values and principles of the Constitution, which by its very nature is what Americanism is supposed to be about. That is the culture of America. It is not making someone bow. It is not making someone respect a flag, a symbol. That is what we see in totalitarian regimes. This is America, land of the free. Do we get that principle? Do we still have that? Are our schools so lacking that our children don't understand the basic concepts of Americanism? And I believe in Americanism. I want to give you the definition of Americanism. It is a word, expression, or the feature that is characteristic of America. This goes back to the 19th century. Let's pull up something that everybody knows, and that's the Webster Dictionary. I I got Merriam-Webster. I love the Internet, right? And it says, characteristic feature 
of American English, especially as contrasted with British English, okay? Attachment or allegiance to the traditions, interests, or ideas of the U.S. A custom, this is number three, a custom or trait peculiar to America. And then B, that was A, this is B of three. The political principles and practices essential to American culture, essential to American culture. I believe in Americanism. I believe in those principles, those practices, those customs. That includes protest. That includes freedom of speech, First Amendment. And, you know, the interesting thing about for my Second Amendment people out there who often talk about, well, if my First Amendment rights are infringed upon, it's backed up by the Second Amendment, which is the right to bear arms and to protect the Constitution. Where are all of my Second Amendment people? who should be siding with those who are protesting. And where are all of my Second Amendment people that should be supporting the freedom of expression, the tyranny and oppression of an arm of government that kills other Americans? Now, I'm not suggesting that there's any type of armed conflict, but I just I, I want to show how we can talk about some things and use the Second Amendment as an example of what it's for, but yet when it comes to issues associated with black Americans, all of a sudden the Second Amendment folks are quiet. The NRA was very quiet. As a matter of fact, its silence was deafening. When an NRA member, when a gun-carrying, concealed weapon-carrying, legally carrying a weapon, Philando Castile was shot by an arm of the government and killed because they said they were afraid of him that he might go for his weapon. And the only thing is that he was a black man. When we looked at what happened in Charlottesville, I want to compare and contrast once again, because this is about racism. This is about prejudice. This is about bias. And this is about white supremacy. And we have to acknowledge what it is or else we'll never fix it. There were a whole bunch of white people open carrying guns in Charlotte, Charlottesville, Virginia. The police never said they were fearful of their life. But if one man has a gun, one black man, all of a sudden it's okay for the police to shoot that black man, whether the black man did anything other than simply have the gun. But this isn't even about black people who have guns who were shot, as in the case of Philando Castile, but what about the countless other black people that didn't have a weapon? Not just that they didn't have a gun, but they didn't even have a weapon. But because the police said that they were fearful of their life, they were shot and killed, an arm of the government. 
Where's the Second Amendment people? Not to bear arms about it, but to protest about it. Where are my First Amendment people that supposedly backed up by the Second Amendment people? Because that's what we hear. Well, this is a First Amendment issue. So where are those Second Amendment people out there protesting along with the First Amendment people? Because, you know, after all, the First Amendment is backed up by the Second Amendment, right? That's what those patriots say. Are black people not considered patriots in America? Do they not have the same right as other people? Oh, or did the goalposts? get moved again. So Colin Kaepernick, who was protesting the treatment and abuse of African Americans at the hand of police throughout this nation, they said mass protests were inconvenient, they were costly, they were loud, they didn't like it. So he started a silent protest. And he set out the playing of the national anthem and the raising of the flag. And then someone said, hey, I understand what you're trying to do, but what would actually be better as a suggestion, because it is a sign of respect, to kneel. So Colin Kaepernick, just to show that this is a person who can be reasoned with, say, hey, okay, I don't want to disrespect anything or anybody, so I will take a knee for my protest. Remember, taking a knee to genuflect is a sign of respect. So when people say he and others who take a knee and support taking a knee are being disrespectful to the flag, all arguments should be ended right there because his action is a sign of taking respect, showing respect, genuflect, taking a knee, reflect. And for all of the religious people out there who says, well, if he really wanted to do something, he would take two knees so that he could, you know, as a sign. No, genuflect, even for religion, one knee. You can take two knees, but that's your discretion. Maybe that's your tradition. But those of you who go to church and you see people bow down, you'll see people You'll see people take two knees. You'll see people prostrate themselves. You'll see people take one knee. As a matter of fact, you'll see some people take a knee, and they will make the cross sign. Go to a Catholic service, just as an example, a knee, and they'll give a cross sign. So they were able to pray, and they took one knee. They showed respect to the deity by taking a knee. They genuflect. Chris Matthews, and I I mentioned him because he often talks about being a Catholic and talks about culture and tradition. He's mentioned this on his show. So taking a knee is a sign of respect, but people didn't like that. They tried to move the flat. They tried to move the goalposts. So imagine, and the goalposts are upright that the ball has to be kicked through to score points, or you have to reach the goal line and cross it. The ball has to cross it in a controlled manner to score. Now let's say you start it. It's 100 yards away. 
You're in the opposite end of the field, your own goal line. You work the ball right in the middle. You get to the 40. You get to the 30, the 20, the 10. You cross the goal line because that's the rules. And you have felt, believed, you have just scored, you have just succeeded. But then somebody says, no, we're going to take cause. We don't like that you outran us, that you outthrew us, that you outtackled us, that you used the rules of the game and you scored. Well, we don't like that you scored, so we're going to change the rules. Suppose you're the visiting team. And you come and you measure it, and yes, everything is right. And you follow the rules, and you get the ball past the goal line. You kick the ball through the upright. And then who are at the home team says, no, that's not how we play that here. We don't like that. Not only do you have to do everything that we would have to do, but because we don't like the way you did that, we're going to move the goalposts another five yards. Now, if you're the visiting team, how would you feel about that? Or suppose you're the kicker of your team and you're going for the extra point. And members of the home team, because they feel they're in power, because it's their field. You know, white people think this country is their country. All too often, this is our country. And as you're your kicker, or you are the kicker, and you're getting ready to kick the ball through the uprights, members of the home team went down and decided they were going to start moving the goalposts to right right before you kicked your field goal. And maybe you didn't kick it dead center and you were a little to the left or to the right, but it was still going to go through the goalposts to score. But they just moved the goalposts a little bit left or right, just enough so that the ball hits the goalpost and bounces out. Never clears the goalpost. Now, you did what you were supposed to do. You followed the rules. But they decided they wanted to move the goalposts. You would, first of all, let me ask you, how would you feel? Now, I think I know how you would feel, but let me ask you, how would you feel? Or maybe you're running the ball down, and you're just about to cross the goal line. And then the home team extends the field, the whole football field. So now instead of you running 100 yards, you have to run 105 yards. And you got tackled at the 101 yard. And you think you, hey, touchdown. No, that's not our rules. We don't like that. We extend our field. Yeah, but there are rules that said, no, it's not about the rules. I'm the one who controls this. So because I'm the one who controls it, 
I'm going to say that you have to get 101 yards, 102 yards. Do you kind of get what I'm saying about moving the goalposts? Not only would it be frustrating, but how can you be a country of rules, of laws, as we're often told? If those people who are in power manipulate the rules to benefit them at the disadvantage of other people, like moving the goalposts as the kicker punts, as the kicker kicks the football for the extra point. Colin Kaepernick took knee, genuflect, which by definition is a sign of respect. Many tried to make it about not having the right to protest. Oh, no, you can't protest. So what we did was we introduced the First Amendment to them, showed them that the First Amendment gives Americans uh, to petition the government against grievances. That's what protesting is. Remember the whole Boston Tea Party thing? Then they said, They didn't have the right to do it on the job because the First Amendment didn't cover them in the workplace. So we showed them the NFL contract that did not require them to stand. And let's get to this whole patriotism thing anyway. Really has only recently been doing the whole come out onto the field, stand up. Did you know that they used to be They used to stay in the locker room, and they came out after the fact. And it was basically a publicity slash recruiting tool that the NFL was paid by the Department of Defense. Business, they noted a bunch of young, healthy Americans watch football, so what better way to enhance patriotism, which I'm actually – I I support that, and also to get people to re-enlist is to show military people and make it about showing respect to the military. So this is something that has been massaged really in fairly recent times. But that's why this whole standing for the flag thing came about, is because the NFL was paid by businesses to enhance patriotism and as a recruitment tool. But The First Amendment covers protests in general, petition against the government, and then that NFL contract that we were told was being violated did not have a requirement to stand. It was a suggestion, but no requirement. So they had tried to move the goalposts once again, and using their rules, we were shown that they were in error. So there should have been no more reason to be upset with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. You would think. Then they said it disrespected the flag as the flag and national anthem required them to stand. So we busted out the United States Code. And in the United States Code, it does not require any American to have to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. It's pretty explicit. As a matter of fact, I believe there was a United States Supreme Court ruling on it. Cannot even be forced to stand. 
when you were in school long many years ago, they would play. They would do the pledge of, pledge of allegiance, and they would stand. Well, you can stand if you like, and you can say the Pledge of Allegiance if you like, but there's no requirement to do so. As a matter of fact, it specifies that you do not. So they tried to move the goalposts, and once again, we showed them where they were in error. The next thing was they said that it dishonored the troops because troops had died to sacrifice their life for that flag. And I'm a military, I'm a veteran. And yes, there are military people who sacrifice their life. As a matter of fact, I almost gave mine. I don't know if gave is right, because I wasn't trying to give it. Somebody else was trying to take it. <laughs> but many organizations came out and explained that the troops fight and die to uphold the Constitution, not the flag. The flag is a symbol of the battles that protected the Constitution, but it is just a symbol of what's in the Constitution, those rights. That's what's important. So not only we had vote vets come out and say, no, we, we, we may not agree with it, but we support it, and that what those military men sacrificed years of their lives for, military men and women sacrificed years of their lives for, and sometimes sacrificed their life for. You see, there's a difference. As a matter of fact, there's a sort of a cartoon caricature, and what it does is it shows a bunch of people yelling at Kaepernick for protesting the flag. And it shows two army personnel looking at each other kind of in surprise. And the reason why they're doing it is because they they say, no, we die and sacrifice so that you have the right to protest if you so choose. That's what the military said. And then when they said, well, the sponsors, they won't like it. Sponsors like Nike and others came out in support of the right to protest. So the hitting in the pocketbook with the sponsor part, that didn't even work. Again, they kept trying to move the goalposts. And and on the cartoon with Kaepernick, it says, get up, Kaepernick. Men died for your right to stand. And he was taking a knee, wasn't even sitting down. And then you have the two, looks like Army folk, could be Marines, but I'm pretty sure that's Army, says, actually, we die for his right to sit or stand. The NFL team owners support, most of them support the players, right to do so. As a matter of fact, Jimmy Jones, who is on record being against it, came out with his football team. They put arms together, and they kneeled together in his show of support for his players and their concerns. 
So, again, each time they tried to move the goalposts, the goalposts have stood as the Constitution has stood. Vote Vet came out with a statement, and it's a patriotic organization. And it simply says, we at Vote Vets would urge everyone to stop making civil rights during the anthem about us veterans and troops. None of the players are protesting the military, neither the flag nor the anthem. Belong to veterans or the military anyway. It is the national anthem, not the military anthem. Further, this isn't the Vietnam era, none of us are getting spit at or booed. No, things have changed. All of the players and the fans have shown us nothing but respect, both those who stand and kneel during the anthem. It says, for those who care about veterans and troops, we'd urge you to stop worrying about peaceful protests during the anthem and worry more about a Congress that is about to gut health care for millions of veterans who receive Medicaid and health insurance through the ACA. The politicians supporting those repeal and replace efforts are the ones who are truly disrespecting our troops, veterans, and military families. They're the ones who are out to hurt us, not kneeling football players. That's the direct statement from both vets. And we even had a four-star general, a four-star Air Force general, come out with a statement. He's not one who openly supported it. And his statement came out, he's 39 years. Not only is he a four-star general, because once a general, always a general, he served the military for 39 years. You can say there's a level of commitment and some knowledge. He was director of the CIA. They said he was national security advisor, but also believe he was uh, director of the NSA. And he came out with a powerful op-ed where he explained the evolution of his feelings about former uh, 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick protesting police brutality against black communities by kneeling. And he talks about he wasn't enthusiastic about turning a unifying and celebratory movement for most Americans into a venue for protest. But this is what four-star general Michael Hayden, and what you call a four-star general is just general. This is what General Hayden had to say. And And he said this because of Trump's deplorable rant uh, where he called the players son of B. And what he said was, quote, unquote, Trump before a red-hot Alabama crowd of his political base decided to treat the SOBs who wouldn't stand for the anthem the way he has previously treated other groups like Mexicans in brackets, murders, murderers, and rapists. Intelligent professionals 
Nazis, immigrants, deeply unfair, refugees, dangerous, and Muslims, they hate us. That was his quote. He said, it's not to allow the president to divide us by wrapping himself in in the national banner. I never imagined myself saying this before Friday, but if now forced to choose in this dispute, put me down with Kaepernick, four-star general, General Michael Hayden. That's what he had to say about it. You'd think he knows a thing or two about what is respect. He has service to this country. That is the hallmark of this country. And then I want to talk, and we're running a little over, so I, I got to do it quickly. We found out this week that the Russians, you know, the Russians who tried to and who did interfere with our last election cycle, we found out that they tried to and possibly have sown discords in this country because they found the third rail of this country that we're not supposed to talk about, which is white supremacy and racism. And they found that it was such an issue in this country that it was low-hanging fruit. As a matter of fact, it wasn't just low-hanging fruit. As they walked, they were kicking the fruit. And they found out that that's something that divides the country because there's a segment of the country that want to be racist or that are. I'm not even sure if they want to be. Maybe they're conditioned to be. And they used that in Twitter accounts on both sides of the issue. So for those who believed that they weren't racist, they bolstered them. For those who believed that racism did exist, they bolstered them. And then they used that to sow discourse and create a greater divide between citizens in this country. So maybe some of the arguments that many of the so-called patriots White people, but there's other people too, but predominantly it's white people. Maybe some of the things that they're using have actually been what the Russians, the people who attacked our democracy, that's an attack on our Constitution. Us military people taking oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. And we have people who are siding with the enemy, and they are the enemy because they attack us. They attacked our form of government. They attacked our Constitution by sowing discord amongst the races divided by racial lines. You see, racism in America is a threat to our national security. I didn't have to wait for this report of Twitter to come out. This is something that I've said on this broadcast now multiple times over years. You can go back and listen to the programs and hear it yourself. Racism, bias, white supremacy is a threat to national security. I am a candidate running for Congress of the United States of America. And, yes, I am before you on this platform, and I will use it to speak loudly to say that racism, white supremacy, is a threat to national security. Check yourselves before you wreck yourselves and the rest of this country along with it. You see, moving the goalposts. We need to stop moving the goalposts. 
there are rules. If the Constitution changed, somebody says, mm, nah, because that adversely impacts me, I'm not supporting that. No, it's what it is. And the Constitution it by the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court says that the president does not have the authority nor the right to infringe upon Americans' First Amendment rights for freedom of speech, to assemble, to protest, nor does he have the right to suppress the press. That's American government. The show was about moving the goalposts. And I've tried to outline the many occurrences in which the goalposts from this protest has been moved or at least attempted to be moved. I've each line item for not protesting. I've tried to show you how they are all false. They're fake news. I've brought in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the NFL requirements for the playing of the national anthem, the standing of the flag, the U.S. code on what to do in support and to show respect to the flag and the national anthem. I've talked about military leaders, the military, military organizations. Did you know even the commandant of the Marine Corps, excuse me, of the academy, brought his people together to talk about the importance of racial harmony and the respect towards one another and why racism had no place in the Army. These were to the future leaders, officers of the Army. So as we continue this discourse on the flag and protest, let's try to stick to the facts and stop trying to move the goalposts because when you move the goalposts because your opposition is about to score by the rules of the game, by the Constitution, the Supreme Court, the United States Code, organizational behaviors, when you are trying to move the goalposts, it is a sign of weakness and it shows your weakness and it shows that you're really not patriotic because you're using the flag and the anthem to bolster your cause, which is not, which is not the righteous cause. The people who are on the right side of history, the people who are typifying Americanism in protest of police brutality against other American citizens, what is the right place? What is the time? Just the thought of asking, well, when can I protest? When will it be okay with you? As if you are the arbiter of when another person can speak or when they can protest. That's not what the Constitution says. That's not what the Constitution says. If we are saying that we are patriotic by upholding the Constitution, then let's uphold the Constitution. You are against the protest. You have every right 
to be against the protest. But what you do not have the right to do by the Constitution that the flag and the anthem represent is to hinder them from protesting, With, unless it violates the exception, which we have demonstrated it does not. No workplace violation. No United States Code violation. It doesn't violate anything. And then for our religious folks who says, no, you need to take two knees, no. That you can take two knees. Go tell a Catholic, oh, no, you need to hit the knees before you get that sign of the cross. Maybe. But the definition of taking a knee is to genuflect. Fear, it is to show respect even to a deity. I encourage Americans, and specifically white Americans, because you are the ones who have the power to change mentality against African Americans, citizens, black people. Why this should be important to you is because they're coming for the African American now. They've come for the Mexicans. They've come for the Muslim. They may come for you. Now that's in from a comment from a German in World War Two. And in World War Two, a lot of people stood by and watched other people get taken. And as they stood by, someone would help, and no one did. And then finally, when they were come forth, there was no one to help them. Let me read it for you. First, they came for the communists. And I didn't speak out because I wasn't a communist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I didn't speak out. Because I wasn't a trade unionist Then they came for the Jews And I didn't speak out Because I wasn't a Jew Then they came for me And there was no one left To speak out for me Martin Nimola That's something That we should think about They may be coming for us now, but the history shows that once they get used to doing it, it just doesn't stay with one. It usually others. When will they come for you? When will they come for you? And when will you speak up? When will you speak up? When will you help your fellow Americans? When will you come to the aid of your fellow Americans? Will you stand idly by? Booger T. Washington had a phrase 
and he says, if you want to lift yourself up, lift up someone else. It's very simple. It says, Booger T. Washington also had another one, and I think this is the last one I'm going to leave you with. And he says, the highest test of the civilization of any race is in its willingness to extend a helping hand to the less fortunate. African Americans are the ones who are being killed by an arm of the government called law enforcement or the police. We need white people to stand up because they're coming for us today. Who will be next tomorrow? Well, everybody, we ran a little long today, and I started a little late. But the topic of our show was called Moving the Goalposts. And I've tried to show in how this protest, the goalposts of when, where, and how to protest against police brutality and killing of unarmed and non-threatening African Americans. We've been told that the protest was not patriotic. It wasn't showing respect. It was against NFL guidelines. It was against the U.S. code on presentation. It was against the military. Each time the goalpost was attempted to be moved, we showed why that that was fake news. Those were false reasons. I realized that if your vision is colored by your prejudice, by your racism, by white supremacy, that it doesn't make any difference what the Constitution says, as it has not in the past, what the Declaration of Independence said, as it didn't make a difference in the past, as the Jim Crow laws showed it didn't make a difference in the past, as redlining showed it didn't make a difference in the past. You know, we could just go through the litany of things. Even in the military, when black people came back from serving abroad, protecting this country, how they would literally be lynched in uniform, how they would be killed in uniform by other veterans, white Americans. So when we talk about respect to the flag and to the national anthem, think about how a segment of Americans have been disrespected under the color of that same flag the sound of that same anthem for years. Everybody, thank you so much for joining in. We'll be back next Saturday with another version of our own, another episode of Our Own Voices Live. I'm Rodney Smith, who's in the air chair today, and the topic of our show was moving the goalposts. Thank you so much for listening. Go to Our Own Voices Live on Facebook to continue the conversation. Let us know what you think about the show. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye.